Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Cryptid Countdown. Spoiler, we're on number two. We're almost done with Cryptid Countdown. It's been such a fun experience. Joshua, thank you so much for bringing this to the Real Hauntings family. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. I love cryptids. Um, I love everything about them. I love talking about them. I love the conspiracies around them. So this has been great. And speaking of family, we have one of our favorites here. It's Jules, aka Hex Baby. Jules, thank you so much for joining the podcast tonight. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. I love being here. And Jules, can I just say, I think every time you're on the podcast, your setup gets more and more professional. I don't know yeah. what is going on, but you, you're, it's, it's like talking to my favorite murder over there. I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's amazing. Thank you. I'm a part-time DJ. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> I'll pay the bills around here. <laughs> well, Joshua, since we are on number two, who is it and how did they make your list? Yeah. So uh, number two is uh, called the Mokili Mbembe. And uh, really, I think this is one of the more... Uh, okay, let me let me just backtrack. So the reason why I like this cryptid so much, I think it's because it almost feels like a massive troll. Um, and that's the vibe that I was getting. Uh, just the, the, the deeper that I, I kept researching and just kept looking into it and kept learning about it. It just felt like the, the, one of the world's longest trolls when it comes to, to, to cryptids. And so, uh, it, it fits in the two spot because it is very interesting to talk about, but also, uh, I love a good troll. So, uh, it couldn't be number one, uh, because I, I want, I, I would like something with more validity, uh, there, but man, it's a fun one. And Jules, I know you and I were messaging each other back and forth uh, when we found out what it was going to be. I could not get over that some people believe it has one tooth. You know, <laughs> fabulous. You know, we we all have something and he has one tooth. So I guess you don't ever need braces if you only have one tooth. Yeah. I mean, unless it's crooked, I guess. Vizio <laughs> <laughs> line, but it's just yeah. one big <laughs> megalodon tooth sticking out. So Joshua, I'm sure you've done the most research out of us on this. Can you kind of go into what you meant by it's a big troll? Because I looked at it and I immediately thought like Bronchiosaurus, you know, obviously some kind of Nessie type dinosaur. So what what all did you see when you looked into it? So I, I guess going all the way back to the beginning with the origins of, I'll just call it the living dinosaur because Mokili Mbembe is going to be, I'm going to butcher it at some point in uh, the African listeners are going to come find me. So um, <laughs> so the living dinosaur actually kind of rose to popularity uh, through what was known as like a, a really big dinosaur graze. So all, off in the Western side of the United States, they were finding dinosaurs. So now when you find something new, museums are like flooding 
the the inboxes of of archaeologists and things like that to see if they can get some some verified you know bones and fossils and display them and and be the central hub of traffic because back then of course if you have something moderately interesting that's not a book people want to come and see it so we have explorers you know going going to uh places like africa and um and and what i like to say creating their own narratives so they want to tap into the dino craze and uh, so they're asking around and they're like, yeah. So we heard from some locals that there's like this huge dinosaur over here. And the, the it's, it almost seems like the locals were like playing along with it. They're like, yeah, it has one tooth. It's like real big. It's like the size of a hippo, but bigger, kind of the size of an elephant. It has a long neck. It, it like kills people, but it doesn't like eat them. And it just loves plants. And so they, they carry that information around back to, you know, places like North America where they had the perception that Africa was just like this really like stone age undeveloped continent. And so from there, just the legend continued to grow more and more people uh, attached to the cryptozoology world and, and the, um, and, and that nature of things pushed them to, to start building the narrative of what people would call a living dinosaur over in the Congo region. Yeah. And Africa, you know, there has so much amazing animal life uh, and plant yeah. life to add a dinosaur would be pretty amazing to the robust list of animals they have it. And it's pretty wild to think like, it's one thing to just discover a dead dinosaur, like the bones of a dinosaur. I, I get amazed. Even I feel like a child when I go into a museum and they have a T-Rex or, you know, any kind of dinosaur bones to display because it's, for me, it's almost like looking up at the sky and trying to visualize the stars, the moon, and like the infinite backdrop that goes on because it makes me personally feel so small and insignificant, which is why I love comedy so much because I want to scream, look at me, tell me I'm not insignificant. <laughs> Dinosaur bones do the same thing. I mean, you look at it, you go, wow, this is millions of years old. So to you know have this almost fantasy of this, you know, wild dinosaur with one tooth is so much fun. Did you guys see anything where somebody was actually claiming that like a firsthand account, like I saw it right here type event? I I mean, not this specific one. I mean, if we were talking <laughs> about Ogopogo, I mean, yeah, people talk about it in Canada. They're like, I saw Ogopogo, you know, but it could also be a flock of otters, you know, like who knows? <laughs> so Yeah. And I, I'll agree with that too. Like it, this is one of the few ones. Well, actually it's, it's very similar to the Mongolian death worm, I would say, where it's mm. if you were to take away from the the, the trolling aspect and, and just go about just the lore as a whole, um, you see that a lot of people would believe in it without necessarily the identifying evidence to accompany that. So most of the stories that I've found were a lot of secondhand accounts being given. So it's like, OK, this trusted guy told me that, you know, this gigantic you know, dinosaur looking creatures over here in Africa, you know, swimming in the waters. And if you if you're in a canoe, like good luck, because you're going to get knocked out, and you're probably going to die. And, um, but we haven't seen it, but we believe it. And so it's it's one of those things. And I think just the consistency of people asking about it, uh, especially some of the the more isolated tribes as well, uh, just really helped it grow even further, because now it's, it's like people are traveling to go to see the different types of pygmies there and they're like hey so what's up with this thing over here and they're like yeah it's big it's huge yeah one tooth um it, it's gonna leave a hole in you and um 
<laughs> and, uh, and and the lore goes from there. So no firsthand accounts, but so many secondhand accounts, though. And there is a bit of a paranormal aspect to this cryptid, too, which is fun. Some people believe it's just a spirit that roams that part of the country. You know, and I, the thing that I, I, I really like about this cryptid, too, is because, um, like, part of me wants to believe that there are dinosaurs still here. Like, so it, it, it taps into that part of the brain where you hear about stories just it just based in South North America. You hear about stories about flying birds, like the Thunderbird, and you have uh, entities like Mothman and 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 those that are so consistent. No matter where you see them, that it's like okay, I don't know if this is an entity or could this be like the remnants of a dinosaur that's evolved. You know what's going on here, and so living dinosaur and this kind of takes that same approach as well jules were you a dinosaur kid oh my god i still am i love dinosaurs <laughs> i love it you know um like you said when you go to museums you're like in awe over it you know and i'm sitting here thinking about it because i'm one of those people i like i like looking at um you know taxidermy and taxidermy freak animals and things like that and hypothetically speaking this this could be an account of something that had um you know like uh the whatever the misformation of face where it's a cyclops it could have one tusk mm. for instance that it, that could explain it you know it, it could be something of that nature where you know when nature goes wrong you know but um i'm just trying to like postulate what could this be you know it's actually a really good point i saw on tiktok yesterday a snapping turtle that had one okay so it had you know its eyes and its mouth and underneath where its mouth closed it had a whole another functioning mouth that went into its neck and everything, uh, which, you know, imagine if you saw that a thousand years ago, you know, 150 <laughs> years, sure. you know, whatever, uh, you wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't think like, oh, this is just a mutation and the, you might think it's some kind of turtle God or something, you know, who, who knows, yeah. but yeah. It, I, I love that stuff. These Cyclops ones really freak me out though. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but it's just like, they it's really have like that. It doesn't yeah, look human. They, they, we can't relate to it, you know. So that's like why none of them look as cool as Leela from um, Futurama. Like <laughs> they all have like this Game of Thrones, like incestual like vibe to them. Like, they have the jaw, you know. Yeah, it's just rough. Like yeah, it's poor really poor bizarre right looking creatures. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting you mentioned tusks too because some people do account to this having a horn as well. I mean, it really the thing I like about it it kind of runs the gamut of cryptids. Like it's got a <laughs> bunch of cryptids kind of shoved into one. So Joshua, when when you say like people have been trolled, are are you primarily meaning like the scientists that went to try to find this thing, or like citizens, or like who who was the one kind of being tricked in this whole trolling? I think everybody but the natives, uh, to be completely honest, because, uh, you know, you look into accounts and you go a little bit, you dig a little bit deeper and you can see that there's a couple of different species. There's a couple of different species that have, of course, you know, died out in Africa just due to, you know, things like poaching eventually, but also just the changing landscapes. So you have like hyper populations and then you have other populations that just kind of fade away. And uh, with this particular cryptid, it's very loosely associated with the um, the rhinoceros. They're not very frequent in that area, uh, but it's believed that they were at some point, and that through the magic art of storytelling, the legend of the rhinoceros, more specifically the black rhinoceros, kind of grew into something else. Uh, because at one point it was so heavily seen, 
And then another point, it was loosely seen. And then at another point, it was almost not there entirely. So seeing something that was frequent there and then not being there anymore could kind of come off as, you know, hey, that's that's a that's a dinosaur. And rhinoceros are, rhinos are huge too. And if you're not familiar with one and you're like walking in the in a bush or something and you see one, you know, <laughs> run up on you, you <laughs> it could take on a life of its own. Not to mention they're really fast in the water. Yes. They're very fast. Yeah. yeah. I think we've videos? all seen that viral video, you know, yes. with the boat and the rhinos. Like, I thought that was fake at first. And I looked into it and, it's and not. the interwebs was telling me it is real, which is it's horrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Joshua, I was thinking as, as you announced recently on your social media, you and your wife are opening a coffee shop in the process of that. Have you thought about calling it Cryptids Coffee? Um. Well, <laughs> that'd be interesting i think <laughs> that's always the most polite way to say your idea sucks <laughs> you know i'll put some thought into that thank you yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's really sweet wow that's a that's a good suggestion <laughs> wow. right there yeah. good <laughs> um but i do think uh we will have a coffee name probably associated with something i have a just i don't know yet who knows so no name has been established yet so we actually bought it from a former owner. And okay. so we are going to change the name. We're currently rebranding, but we have no idea what we're going to call it. So for okay. now, it's literally the worst name, but best name possible. And it's literally called the coffee shop. Oh, um, okay. so right to the point. I like it. But I, I think, you know, you're a very creative person. I do hope that you're able to infuse your personality into that coffee shop. I'm sure you will. I'm sure it'll be amazing because, I mean, you don't live that far from me. So I can't wait to come in and check it out and and be a patron of your coffee shop i don't know how much of my personality i'm going to infuse to be honest i don't know (laughs) i don't know if the city's ready for that uh (laughs) they might excommunicate me from the downtown area oh joshua (laughs) get him out of here (laughs) get him the hell out of here (laughs) um well uh This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey everyone, it's Noah Daniels and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
shifting gears. Jules, let's talk about your coffee shop. Oh, perfect. <laughs> the Vampire Purgatory. How'd you know? <laughs> but while we are talking about projects and things, Jules, you and my bloody Galentine, Becky, just had a documentary pop off on Amazon and iTunes and lots of other places. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're super excited about it. It came out on the 25th. Um, so essentially, we went to this, um, you know, ghost town, ironic for the name, uh, called Pandemonium in Pennsylvania. It had been abandoned, um, settled, I believe, early 1800s. The Some of the graves date back to 1844, but there are graves, obviously, that are unmarked with older burials. Um, and there were many stories that came out of there about you know deceased hunters and a little girl a woman in white things of that nature so we kind of just went out there um with an open mind to see what's out there if there is anything and you know we had some it's some pretty interesting experiences to say the least now jules when you i want to say it was maybe the first time you came on i swear i think you and becky had just filmed this because is this the one where you guys do the estes, estes is that what's called estes method where estes you put method. The, yeah, that was you put... another one, but yes. Oh, yeah. that was a different one. That was okay, a different well, one, yeah. Because it was like two or a girl that had maybe passed away when she was really young, and you guys went and visited that grave. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a total. Okay, sorry well, about that. But no, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh no, me and Becky have done a couple things. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, so this one was. Um, we went out. Oh my god, I want to say it was like November. Um, just out in the middle of the woods in the mountains of Pennsylvania where we weren't prepared you know <laughs> i'm from new york so i was like oh this will be fun it's like 18 degrees oh, we gosh. camped overnight <laughs> whatever so anyway um i became very familiar with hot hands uh not sponsored and um <laughs> it was a, it was a good time you know it was it was an adventure for sure um we had some we had some good people with us doing it um loved shout out to dockside media they're a wonderful company um, Becky's next documentaries with them as well. I think they're just, they put out a good product. I'm I'm really, I'm very impressed. So I'm glad that I got to be a part. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be in more stuff. It's, um, it's really fun Agreed. when you and Becky get together, but I mean, you on your own, uh, are an, an entity to be heard. So it's, oh. it's always a joy to get to have you on here and Joshua on here. So Joshua, as we kind of move uh with this i'm not even going to try to say its name because i can't even pronounce people's names that come on our show so um (laughs) this this cryptid dinosaur uh is there anything else you learned about it or things you like about it that you want to share with the audience i think the coolest thing that i discovered while researching this was just how this cryptid was actually tied into how creationists like were trying to use this as a i'll say a propaganda tool to try to outpace uh, the beliefs of evolution. So if they could prove that a dinosaur existed in Africa, then in turn, they could say that the science of evolution is is contradictory to itself because how could something that old still be in existence now, uh, mm-hmm. considering how things have evolved from that time to now. So uh, a lot of new earth or young earth creationists were using uh, this cryptid in particular uh, as, a, as their, uh, I guess, flywheel to try to um, if to try to discredit evolution, so it was kind of tied into the religious, the religious beliefs of this as well, which uh, you don't get that a lot with cryptids. Uh, it has kind of a a different legend than what you normally get from like, yeah, it popped up in the eighteen hundreds. People kind of said, ah, it exists, and this one's like, yeah, this one popped up in the nineteen hundreds, and then it 
it turned into like a religious debate. So, mm-hmm. or non-religious debate, kind of religious debate. Cause I guess if it's kind of like an really anti-science a, uh, yeah. tool, I would a say. A scientific yeah. debate. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a better Probably way to put it. For the course though, for that, that time period, I feel like yeah. they were looking for some kind of talking point like that though. Well, yeah. I, I'm still embarrassed that Joshua taught me on one of the cryptid countdown episodes that there's legless lizards that aren't snakes. I when I was editing that, I was just like, <laughs> "Oh man, I should not be learning this in my late 30s." You sweet summer child. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joshua, thank you for bringing this cryptid to our attention. It was a fun one to look up. I do encourage the listeners, and I will try to remember to. Well, I'll be editing this tonight, so it won't be hard to remember. But I will try to post a picture of what it looks like as well because it is one of the more uh visually interesting cryptids out there that's that's i'm a visual learner so it was kind of cool to look through imagined you know what this this cryptid would look like um i do have a sneaking suspicion what is number one but i won't ruin it for the fans (laughs) if they've listened to all the episodes they should know they what should it's know. gonna be yeah absolutely process of elimination should help get them there yeah yeah jules <laughs> i will say that the last time you were on with joshua and i that was one of the more fun ones for me to yeah. edit that was a super cool episode and i encourage our audience if they haven't listened to that one just go through the cryptid episodes and find the other one with jules in it it was a lot of fun we talked about vampires which is pretty on brand for jules <laughs> and i I, that night I was telling my wife, I was like, and, and she talked about that there were raves like in the movie Blade. And she said, if they come back, Joshua and I can go. How cool was that? And my wife was just like, oh, I don't know. If maybe, that. I don't maybe. <laughs> that was, that's legitimately one of my favorite episodes that I've, I've done. Like I, that, I still think about that one because it was just, it was just so fun. And I learned so much. Um, so yeah, as always, it's, it's good to have you on Jules and to talk with you and stuff and catch I up. I love it here. <laughs> yeah. And, and fans, make sure you check out Jules on Instagram. Um, I won't give her a hard time about being verified. I promise I wouldn't do that, but she does have a blue check mark next to her name. Now. Um, but she does readings from, she does a book club on there that I love to drop in uh, when I get a chance and listen. That's always a lot of fun. She also has a friend that she gets on and talks about all kind of interesting things. I think that's on Tuesday, right? That you yeah, do we do that. Tea yeah. Time Tuesday. Yes, tea Time do. Tuesday. Those are always fun to jump in on. Uh, but really, everything she's doing is interesting. It's different than most of the stuff you're going to find in kind of the paranormal space that we all like to kind of visit and see what's going on. Jules is very true to her brand, but she's also into a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool pictures, a lot of cool art. And her husband has a super interesting uh, library of artifacts of haunting paraphernalia, I guess that's the right word. I don't know what I'm trying. I was trying to add too many words in there, but, uh, but he's a skeptic. So that's really cool too. So, I mean, that's Jules, you guys just have a lot of cool stuff going on. So make sure you check out everything. And Jules, where can they check out everything you have going on? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all under the Hex Baby. And Joshua, nobody cares about you, so we're going to end the <laughs> night. <laughs> you devil. <laughs> Joshua, uh, and guys, I just, it's been so much fun, and I, I'm talking to the audience right now, to see all the stuff just kind of blossoming for Joshua right now. And then on top of all the cool stuff he has going on in his paranormal life, as we mentioned, he and his wife have opened 
a coffee shop. And I sure hope they have shirts or something at some point that we can all buy coffee mugs. I'm sure they're in the works that we can buy to support Joshua because opening a new business is hard. It's stressful. They have a young kid. So down the road, you know, Joshua is going to be back on. He helped me co-host recently. So that episode's going to be coming out <laughs> soon too. Uh, but we can't wait to support you in that endeavor, Joshua. And do you have a timeline? Is it already open? Like when, what's the timeline for the starting date? Yeah, it's actually already open and I'm currently in there every day. Uh, we wake up really early. So we open at seven. So we have to wake up at 530 to get our child in daycare. Yeah, we work all day. And then uh, I work my other job, my like daytime job while I'm working in the coffee shop. And then, you know, we leave and it's about five o'clock p.m. And then we have to go pick up our child and come home and, and do I have to do my other stuff. And American dream, away. baby. <laughs> <laughs> where are you OK saying where it is and how people can come get coffee from me? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's 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 literally called the coffee shop. I will drop the the address or address address. I guess I'm address. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you broke him. Oh god, I had to do it. <laughs> I've never seen anybody get stuck on that word. That was really funny. Oh, it's like me trying to say oil. I can't do oil. I say I take away. Where are you all from? The... I'm from Mississippi originally. <laughs> oh, that's but, okay. Yeah, but that's that's, that's like the one word that is stuck in my accent, and I get the hardest time for it. Okay. All right, Joshua, um, I bought you enough time. Gather yourself. Um, <laughs> you can find us at 122 South A Street in Opelika, Alabama. So yeah, if you're in the Alabama area and you're driving through, you know, I-85. Come see us. And um, if you're looking for a new interesting place to come do like a haunted ghost tour, ghost walk, what is in the works is uh, using the coffee shop as a hub to have some tours running through the downtown area where there's like, there's so much history and so much, so many ghosts. Uh, it, was, it was a big civil war hotspot, like a lot of the civil war stuff happened there. So ghosts in every building basically every house um, and just a bunch of other stuff that's happened there too. So uh, that'll be happening closer to October and uh, I'll probably, probably be leading it or whatever. I don't know. It's in the works, but uh, yeah, just come to the coffee shop and get some coffee and uh, keep me entertained. That'd be great. Do I hear a, a real hauntings ghost hunt going on in October and Opelika? Did I say that right? You I'm did. so proud of myself. You did. Most oh. people say Opelika. Um, so Opelika is uh, <laughs> you did a great job. Um, yeah, so we'll talk. I, I have I have something really cool in, in the works. Um, some some similar if you've ever been to New Orleans and you go do the like go in this restaurant, grab a mojito, talk about some history, say, oh yeah, you know Sally behind the bar. Yeah, there's another Sally, and you can only see her at this time of day or whatever. So we're trying to. I'm gonna try to get that set up for Opal. I can bring something cool to a little small town that doesn't really like to talk about ghosts. I thought you were gonna say like some lady would turn around and be like. I'm Shally behind the bar. Let me tell you. I don't know why it's I just made her like a thousand years. And a pirate. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Sorry, I missed improv, guys. Um, Awesome. Like I said, I'm, I'm super excited for you. The older I get, the more I admire the entrepreneurial uh, spirit. I think it's a super hard thing to do, but I think it's very rewarding. And I I know you'll you and your wife will do an amazing job. And we can't wait to support you through that. Same with you, Jules, everything you have going on. We love supporting that as well. And uh, Joshua, I will let you wrap up this episode. Okay. Um, well, thank you, Noah, as always. Thank you, Jules. 
aka Hex Baby, as always, as I told Noah in a uh, DM, the homie Hex. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna coin that and trademark that. Um, <laughs> don't think that's how that works. I love it. <laughs> But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, that was number two, the Mokili and Bimbe. And number one, like like we said before, if you've been paying attention, you should probably be able to guess which one this is. And if you don't, you're going to have a great final episode for uh, the Cryptic Countdown. But until then, see you later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.